This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Charlie Ming. Each of us serve in different roles as pastors at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Behold podcast. I think we are on week 13, maybe. Uh, but whatever the case, we are glad that you guys have joined us. Uh, this is Sean and Dan, as always. And then this week, we also have... Introduce yourself. This is Charlie. Hello, y'all. Charlie Ming up in the house. The Mangster. It's great to have you, Charlie. Uh, even though... You just confessed in prayer. We, we always, for, for you beholders out there, we always uh, start in prayer, uh, just that God will guide our conversation and, uh, and, and be in our midst. But uh, Charlie just admitted in his prayer that he hates podcasts. He's like, Lord Jesus, you know that I hate these things. <laughs> I did, I, it's just uh, like to hear people who aren't experts on things pontificate about things that they know nothing about just drives me nuts. Thankfully, we all have a relationship with the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and so we can talk about what he's doing in our life, and I actually do love this podcast. I haven't had the chance to be on it in the last few weeks, but uh, man, I have appreciated listening to you guys and, and, and those that have joined you um, in just talking about these truths, so I'm excited to be back. Well, we are so, so grateful, Charlie, that you are with us this week. Um, and just before we jump into it, let's just do a little roundabout uh, check-in on this last week of your lives. So how have you fellas been doing in this last week? It's been, it's been uh, beautiful chaos at the, at the Ming house. Um, as many of you know, Sarah has been uh, hot, was hospitalized uh, about two weeks ago. Well, three weeks ago she went in and was in there for like 10 days and uh, has now been home for a couple weeks, and we are just kind of uh, acclimating still to all that in, in some regard, uh, as we see her gaining strength and mobility and appetite and all those kinds of things. The Lord has been extremely uh, kind and abundant in His care for us, um, and we are so so grateful for that. So yeah, things are things are great. I mean, they're chaotic and they're crazy and tiring. Uh, but I, I say that only in the best way possible. We are so, so thankful. Yeah, for us, you know, we, we're, we're just kind of charging forward with, with the quarantine life, but, you know, trying to figure out what it looks like to uh, maybe take some steps towards um, an easing of, of the shelter-in-place orders. And, yeah, it's just it's, it's been kind of nutty, uh, you know, trying to figure out um, – how to keep our kids engaged and, you know, keep their brains from just turning to mush or sleeping in all day. And so, um, your kids, wait, your kids sleep in. Well, they, they, they're, they just lounge around. They, they, okay. t- they tend to lounge around a little bit. That's what I mean by sleeping in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's been great. You know, we, we, uh, we're getting them out doors and, and Emily's just been so great at, at engaging them. Cause I'm, I'm busy with a lot, uh, of work stuff and, and ministry stuff. And so, yeah, we're, we're doing great. You know, Emily and I are, we're, our marriage, I, I think is, is never been stronger. We're, we're, God's really used this lockdown time for us to just 
really grow in our, in our love and commitment and relationship towards each other. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been really great. We're, we're learning to love each other in a deeper way during this time. So uh, it's, it's a blessing for sure. How are you doing, Sean? Um, yeah, thanks for sharing, fellas. Uh, I'm doing just about as well as you can be doing with everything happening. It's, uh, yeah, as always, it's been a busy or, or full week. Like our friend Jason likes to say, it's been full, but full of good things. Um, and yeah, just kind of similar things, um, figuring out how to, what the next few weeks, next few months are going to look like both with church stuff and then our, our, you know, our videography business. So in that way, it's been a, uh, bit of a mind racking, like left and right here and there kind of week for me, but all in all, I cannot complain. One of the small delights this week, I'll tell you what, one of the positives of global pandemics is that I feel like it really helps you to reevaluate like the little joys in life. And it's just funny, like the smallest things that you're just so grateful for these days that before we just took f- for granted so much. So anyways, all that to say, me and Patty got this little pizza oven thing this week, and it has changed our lives. I saw, I saw, it's, it's I great. saw a picture on Instagram, and I instantly DM'd and was like, "When can we make this happen? Where I might be able to get a bite of that?" It, it was like looked, one of those mouth-watering. Oh my goodness! Watch the post, and but here's the thing: I got a bone to pick about because because everything looked good. The crust was like perfectly like charred. You know, the cheese was bubbling. It looked really good. But four pepperonis? The whole pizza only had four pepperonis. But Granted, they were big. These were big, but it's not They're enough. Like five inches wide. Not enough. Pepperonis. If I'm just telling you, if if I'm gonna be taking that pizza next time, we're gonna need to, <laughs> we're gonna need to up the the ratio there. Well, now I know where the bar is for you to accept the pizza that I cook for you. So I'll keep that in mind whenever that happens. <laughs> hey, uh, really quick before we get into the discussion of. Um, uh, you know, our transform series that, that we, uh, we had on, on Sunday, I just wanted to um, throw something out there, just a little encouragement, something for us to, to check out. I got an email from the gospel coalition, which um, is just this uh, Christ centered organization of, of churches and pastors and authors, and they do missions and they, they create content and just a, just a, a great organization that we, um, we like to, to um, look at their stuff a lot. And, I know, man, things, things in the world are still, uh, there's a lot of heaviness and a lot of, um, you know, just pain and grief going on in the world right now. And, and whether it's, you know, uh, politics or, uh, the, the COVID-19 death tolls or, or, um, just everything that's going on with the unjust, uh, killing of, of, of black people. I mean, we, we keep seeing all these, these things happen and, the Gospel Coalition uh, is is doing some great stuff. Um, I just read an article um, by a hip hop artist named Shy Lin, and he uh, he just man, I would encourage you guys all to go read his uh, his article that he just put out um, on Gospel Gospel Coalition. If you go to the to we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, but it's just a you know as I'm still trying to understand what it's like to be a black man in America, um, it was really helpful for me. And um, just gave me some some great perspective. And on June 20th, the Gospel Coalition is hosting um, a night of lament for racial injustice. And uh, it's just going to be uh, on an online event with prayers and songs. And 
Um, I, uh, I'm going to try to check it out. I want to encourage, encourage everybody to check it out. And I'm sure it's one of those deals where you can watch it later if you can't make the event, but I just know a lot of us are still, still, um, feeling heavy and, 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 um, rightfully so. And so I just wanted to point people in that direction. So we'll, we'll put some of those things in the show notes and, uh, we just want to let you guys know as a church, we're, we're here for you and we want to, we want to help uh, help you through as best we can. So yeah, Dan, I, I read that article as well, and uh, I did too. I was I was yeah, it's so good, it's so worth looking at. Um, but what I really appreciated about his his perspective was that it maintained um, gospel centeredness. Um, it it really it really viewed the problem from a biblical perspective, um, while at the same time not dismissing. Uh, the issues that that we're up against right now, um, and and so he just he did a really fantastic job. It's really worth reading. Yeah, I'll just yeah. read a quote from it. it. Says, "Just because I've made an intentional decision to focus on that which is of first importance, referencing First Corinthians thirteen, doesn't mean there aren't other important things that need to be addressed in the church. It also doesn't mean that being a Christian has exempted me from the reality of being a black man in America." and all the stigma that comes with that. And so he, he, he grieves appropriately with that. He, he educates us so that we can understand that experience, but he keeps that gospel lens on all of it. And I think it's, I think that's a, um, I think it it dovetails really nicely into our, our conversation too on, on Romans 13, this last, um, this last Sunday, just about keeping our eyes fixed on, the hope that we have and the kingdom that, that we are uh, citizens of. So yeah, let's, um, let's get into that. Yeah. So let's uh, turn it to this series we've been going through on Sundays, which is called transformed. And currently we are in Romans 13. So Dan, if you want to give us a little recap on where Gary landed us on Sunday. Yeah. So Gary, we were looking at um, verses 11 through 14 of chapter 13 and we were just exploring the connection between the, the timing of, of the, the end, the timing of God's kingdom coming and, uh, and how we live now. And how does the hope of heaven influence uh, our lives in, in a practical way? And what I, one of the things I loved about what Gar- how Gary framed the whole, the whole passage was that it's an example of this being transformed that Paul, the idea that Paul introduces in chapter 12, the beginning of chapter 12, is that by the renewing of our mind, that's how we are transformed into, um, into the will that God has for our lives. And so um, this is a, an example of that because we, it, it causes us to look at life through the lens of what the Bible teaches about our hope in heaven and what the Bible teaches about the, the timing of that and the joys of that. Um, so when our, when our salvation is revealed in a final sense, um, that reality that it's coming nearer and nearer, the day is at hand. Um, Gary talked about it as a horizon. That really uh, changes the way we live. So that was, that's kind of where we're going to start our conversation today. Man, and I, yeah, Dan, I just, I, sorry, just as you're talking, I, I just was so struck by that picture of the horizon. Like, and you think about if you've ever gotten up early enough to see that sunrise before it's peaked out of the mountain, you can already see, you know, the sky is transforming. Things are changing. And you can say, though the day is not yet here, the night is far gone. You know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, that it, we're no longer at that point that there is something happening. There is this, this 
this thing taking place that's going to completely change everything. And, and in a small sense, we get to see that every morning when that sun rises up into the sky. And man, just that picture and that anticipation and that excitement that the night is gone. It is behind us. Uh, but the day is almost here. It's just such an exciting anticipation that we have. Yeah, I love, I love the, the examples that Gary gave us. He talked about uh, a groom waiting to, to, to see his bride come down the aisle and just the days uh, and, and even moments leading up to that, to that, that time he first sees her, man, just, we can all, a lot of us can, can either personally relate to that, or maybe we've been to a wedding and we've seen um, the look of, of that groom, that look of anticipation. Um, or he talked about, yeah, like uh, seeing a loved one after a long, a long trip, a long journey. I thought of a couple other examples that are kind of fun. Do you guys want to hear them? Please. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, I thought of Christmas time, right? We, we talk about um, in the Christian calendar, we talk about the, the weeks leading up to Christmas day as a season of Advent and Advent means this, it's a longing, it's a, it's an anticipation. And, and so just to even put your, yourself in that mindset of either, um, you know, waiting for the Messiah to come or, or us, we, we, we anticipate his, his second coming. Or even just like being that, that child, like, man, I can't wait for Christmas morning and just to, to see the gifts and to, you know, be together with, with the family and just that, all the stuff that's wrapped up with that. It made me think that. But then also one, one that's kind of a little sillier is uh, <clears throat> I think <clears throat> during this shelter in place, we're all getting more familiar with, with buying stuff online. So uh, like, you know, that moment where you, where you get the notification, your order has been received and it's out for delivery. And, and even when you, when you take the box and you open it up, you're like, what, what is it? I can't even remember what I ordered. You know, it's just, that, <laughs> how uh, much and, stuff are you ordering? <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, you can't even remember what you As ordered? bad as I am, Sean is like 10 times worse. Oh, He's like funny. the king of Amazon. I am the self-proclaimed king of Amazon. I buy a lot of things for a lot of different things. For church, <laughs> for videography, for home. For so don't, don't you forget sometimes what you get? Come on. Never. Never happened once in my life. Dang it, dude. <laughs> but I am excited opening the boxes so your point stands. Uh, and yeah, just to, you know, not everyone's going to identify with those examples. Funny enough, I actually spoke with someone last week that we all know. And I didn't know this before. She does not like Christmas time. I was shocked. She like associates it with sadness and sorrow. And she's like, yeah, it's just, it's not the season. And I was taken aback. So if you're not a Christmaser, whatever, you get it though. There's things in your life that you're just uncontainably excited for. And that's what we're trying to relay here um, in terms of keeping our eyes on that horizon of eternity and of Christ and all those things. And I, yeah, I just love the way that that uh, Paul frames it and how, how Gary taught through it, that the focus is on the excitement. It's on the anticipation. Um, you know, I, I remember when I was younger and not that my parents ever, ever used this phrase, but I'd, I'd heard this phrase, like, is that what you want to be doing when Jesus gets back? Like this idea of, you know what I mean? Like this idea of shaming yourself away from improper behavior. And, and that's not, that's not the point. It's not about like a, a production of guilt or a production of shame. And, and, and that should never be the motivator for change in our lives. What we find in this passage is the motivator is this, this overwhelming 
what be it Christmas morning or cracking open a box from, from Amazon or whatever it might be, this, this overwhelming anticipation for what's coming. Um, and, and man, if, if that, if that anticipation is not something you have experienced, um, man, take some time this week to read through these passages. We'll mention some more passages as we talk. Um, but just to think about what are the, what are the realities that will exist when Jesus comes back? Because man, it's going to be incredible. Yeah. What do you guys think about, um, yeah, a commentary on humans. What do you guys think about our like temporal nature with this kind of stuff? Because for example, Christmas, we know Christmas is coming. It's going to be December 25th. It's going to happen. But I don't know about you guys. I did not wake up this morning super stoked about Christmas, you know? So there, there's like a threshold when it comes to just the period of time away from now that we start getting excited about stuff. The difference being that when we're talking about eternity and talking about Christ, A, we have access to those joys right now in a relationship with Christ. But then B, just the, the the scale of that is so much greater than something like Christmas. So why do you think it is that it's so easy for us to be so out of, out of sight, out of mind when it comes to our hope and eternity and keeping eyes on the horizon? Because our flesh wants to deceive us. The enemy wants to deceive us. We have a lot of stuff. And that's why, why Paul uses throughout the New Testament and other, other folks, even Jesus, Dan, I think you want to talk about that Luke passage here in a little bit, but man, like there, there, there's this idea of active, like preparation. We have to be putting it on. We have to be, um, focusing our, our eyes and our minds on that every single morning that you wake up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yes, I don't wake up thinking, okay, Christmas is whatever, you know, 212 days away. And I'm not doing that. I know there are some Christmas fanatics out there that do that. How dare you? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but, but how much more should we have every single morning we wake up to put on Christ in that sense, to put on that kind of mindset that the day is drawing closer and it might be Christ's return. It might be the day we leave this earth. Either way, the day is drawing closer uh, for, for, for his return. And he wants to use us in that process. So we have to develop that mindset. Isn't that the being renewed by the transforming of your mind, right? Like the mm -hmm. renewal of your mind, right? We have to, we have to engage with this stuff and not become lackadaisical with it. And it really should be the most exciting thing for every single believer of, of Jesus. Yeah. Two, two things come to mind in terms of why don't we think about this stuff as, as often as we should? And the first is for some of us, we, we've been experiencing these realities for a number of years. I know there are some listeners who are, are new to the faith and, and everything's fresh and, and just happened. But for a lot of us, we got saved years ago. And sometimes we, we can move on to what seems like bigger and better and more important things. But that's why I love that, that first Peter passage that Gary brought up is he, he's reminding us of, of this reality. He said, according to God's great mercy, he's caused you to be born again into a living hope. It's a hope that, that is, is alive and active and keeps going through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then he talks about the, this inheritance that, and he describes it in these amazing, like unfading, imperishable, undefiled, and, and so many times we, 
we experience conversion or salvation. And then we just, I don't know if call it whatever you want. We, we, it gets dry. It gets stale. We, we, we move on to things that seem more important. And that's why we have to keep coming back to what is, what does scripture say is most important? What, what is, what are, what are the realities of God's revelation to us? And that is the spot from where we live life. So I love that. That's one idea. And then another thought is, and this is uh, one of the passages that Gary brought up was from Romans eight, uh, starting in verse, what is this? Uh, 18, I mean, I need glasses. Starting in verse 18. Uh, I think one of the things that happens is suffering, right? So he, he's, he's, he's trying to tell us that he, that he's considering the suffering of this present age. It is not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. It pales in comparison, the suffering that we're going through. And so sometimes I think the cares of this world, the, the trials that we face, just the brokenness of our world. And, and the, the, when the heat gets turned up in life, man, we our, our natural inclination is to, is to not look upward, but to, to look, to look down, like to just put our nose to the grindstone and just like grit our teeth through life and we have to be intentional about focusing on this um, this glory that through God's power is being guarded in us for a salvation that is to be revealed in the last time. So, yeah, and I think connected with that too is, man, we um, maybe we don't understand how great it's going to be. And we need to spend some more time just whetting our appetite for heaven. Yeah, that's all of that, Dan, profound. I, that hits home with me a lot. Um, but as I'm thinking about that too, I was thinking about our analogy of like Christmas or presents or things like that, things in that nature. And it just it just doesn't matter what it is. The analogy is going to fall short for us because absolutely, like you're saying, Dan, uh, that, that time spent pondering upon and just reveling in the glory of what eternity and God's presence will be like that is so beautiful and profound. But I think if we read through Romans 13 and our, and our only takeaway is, man, we need to have tons of hope and excitement for eternity and, the, and keep our eyes on that horizon. That's certainly true, but it's only half the puzzle, right? I think we're going to, we're missing out if we leave it at that because Paul tells us that it's not just that it's not just keeping our eyes on the horizon, but it's that process of having our eyes on the horizon is going to completely transform our lives in the current day too, that there's going to be a processing of us and our hearts in that. So Charlie, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what that process of anticipation and growth within that looks like. Yeah. Well, it, right. We're not, scripture is very clear. We're not called to go and, and like seclude ourselves from the world just so that we can have this kind of mindset, right. Um, just so that we can pr- produce that we're supposed to be encountering stuff in this world. And God will, in fact, use the stuff that we encounter to help develop even further this anticipation and this excitement. Um, so, yeah, there there is two sides of that. On 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 setting our eyes on that horizon, on, on anticipating that as being the greatest moment ever for us, and that it's not something that we have to wonder if it will happen. We have absolute certainty that it will happen. It's filling our mind with those kinds of things. And then it's engaging with the world 
whether it be through suffering, whether it be through um, relationship, whether it be, whatever it might be through, with that kind of mindset, right? If you have a hard time telling coworkers about Jesus, then then you're you're probably not filling your mind with the certainty of Jesus' return. Um, if you mm. if you encounter suffering and your knee jerk is to go to some pet sin or some some something that you're going to run to to find comfort apart from Jesus then then you don't have an accurate understanding of what it is that Jesus provides. Uh, and so, yeah, we've, we all, and we're all on this journey of developing that kind of mindset, right? Of developing a, an understanding of how to do theology. How do we live life in light of the realities of God? Um, and, and that's what church is about. That's what community is about. It's so that we mm-hmm. can encourage one another and push each other. And it's why you're listening to this thing, this podcast. It's because we want to grow in this kind of stuff. And I would just, I would just venture to challenge us all with this statement that there is nothing of greater importance in our lives. The, the promotion is temporary. The kids, I mean, they're temporary when it comes to, to the worry and the stress and the time that, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's important for us to do well in our work. It's important for us to be good parents. But if we elevate those things above Jesus, uh, man, we're losing it. And, and, and we're, we're not going to be uh, as, as effective in his kingdom. We're not going to be as, um, we're not going to walk in the victory that he has secured for us as fully. It's, it's about maintaining priority and perspective in the midst of whatever the context is. Yeah. And isn't that such the, the, I think that can be the, the struggle sometimes when we read, when we read the Bible, we're like, wow, that's a really cool, like, or profound or, um, you know, beautiful idea or concept or a challenging concept. And sometimes it's, it's difficult for us to, to make the connect to, well, so what? How do I do it now? And that's why I'm so grateful that we have gifted teachers that are faithful, that study these things and help us figure it out. So Gary gave us some some great things, you know, based on this text. And I, I want to start in verse 14. Like, so he, he says, he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that's the last verse we looked at. He says, make no provision of the flesh to gratify its desires. And isn't that kind of like, yeah, what we're doing right now, Charlie, you just made yeah. reference to we're, we're beholding the glory of God so that we can be transformed. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're centering our, our hearts and our minds on Jesus and the hope that we have in him. Well, and this is the, it's the renewal of our minds, right, Dan? I mean, that's, it, and it's, and it's, we have to have that constant drive towards that, not because we're producing anything by that in, in, in and of ourselves, but by doing so, we allow the Lord to do that work. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's great. And I love, I, to me, that, that make no provision for the flesh really, really is, is kind of the, uh, the practical how to, right? Cause he says, he says, you know, he talks about light and darkness, right? So we want to, we want to prepare ourselves to live as light. Um, we want to live honorably in the day, daylight. Um, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to um, make provisions for the, for this this dark way of living, and I, I love that idea of that 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 Gary gives us that we have to actively prepare ourselves for this, and I love that also that idea of like, man, these these pockets of of sin that we can leave where it's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna like build in this opportunity 
for me to walk in darkness just in case, you know, the situation presents itself, man, to me, I, that, that really hit home. And, and I could even look back at my, my walk with Jesus over the last, you know, decade and, and really be like, man, I, I can point to moments in my life where I did, I did that. And, and I can also point to moments of, of victory where, where I have prepared myself to, to, to live as light. So those are, those are things I could really wrap my head around, head around. And it's a very personal thing because a lot of these things um, are attitudes in our hearts or they're things that we do in the secret, in secret, and they, they never even actually come out. Um, and, and so it's, it's a great opportunity for us to uh, just to kind of, to, to evaluate and look inward. And it's put in terms that are really practical and easy for us to wrap our heads around. Yeah, and I think it's so tied to I think that idea and how much we are or aren't keeping Christ in our pockets can be really closely tied with how much we are or aren't building that hope and and having our eyes on, on fixed on the horizon. You know, it makes me think about uh, you know loved ones or friends who have serious illnesses or maybe they have terminal cancer or things like that. And I feel like you hear so frequently with situations like that, like, oh man, my I, my life is shortened by this much. I'm going to pass away in a year from now. I'm going to live every day to the fullest. And you read about their amazing lives they have for those six months or however long it is. And you can just see like tangibly the the black versus the white of they were living a certain way. Then this this event happened, which gave them urgency and their life completely transformed with total abandonment for everything before that because of this urgency. And it really, that's how we should be thinking about this too, in terms of eternity and heaven and uh, what we should be doing during this time. Like you said, Dan, just of, of preparing ourselves to act. You know, Gary mentioned First Peter uh, on Sunday, and he was talking um, about First Peter three, First Peter one three, and about uh, being born again to a living hope. But I like after that in verse thirteen, and he says that yeah, we what are we called to do? We're called to be sober-minded and to set our hope fully on the grace that'll be brought to us, the revelation of Jesus Christ, like, amen. Right before that, he says, why are we doing this? To be preparing our minds for action. And I feel like, are we really doing this? Are we actually preparing ourselves to act for the benefit of Jesus Christ right now, today, tomorrow, and not just like this theoretical down the road type situation, you know? Well, that's really good. It may also one of the things that was in the notes that that Gary didn't get to, I, I assume because of time, but first John three, one and two, the the second part or yeah, chapter or verse two says he talks about um we're we're God's children now because because of God's amazing love, this is who we are. And and it's this really kind of already but not yet idea that we see when we're thinking about the kingdom of heaven. It says, uh, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And I love just in those first, in those two verses that, that there is this present reality. Hey, this is who you are because of the father's great love. You've been called children, but you don't fully get it yet. And, and, and that the, 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 the hope and the prospect of fully getting it, of really seeing, um, seeing God and, and understanding this, this beloved relationship that we have with him, man, that is, uh, something that, that stirs hope and joy in us. And it, and it's really, it's connected to 
um, yeah, like these, these realities that we see and it, and it helps us, like you said, Sean, to have a sober mind about it. Yeah. I think too, Dan, just in, in kind of the flip side of that, I think oftentimes I know in my, in my youth, it was easy to become apathetic towards spiritual things because that just seemed like such a far off type of deal that I'm not going to really be, you know, be made perfect until I'm in his presence. So it can, I think for many, it can lead to kind of an apathetic, um, I don't know, approach to these things. Uh, but again, going back to kind of what I think is, is the, the, I don't know, buzz passage, the main passage that kind of informs this podcast is that we are beholding his glory. And as we do, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another, that there, there is a process that happens as we walk this life with Jesus, that we, we are being perfected in that process. He is bringing us closer to that full salvation in the process. We won't have it all until we stand in his presence. But man, that maturity piece is so important that we are being transformed as we continue to behold him and continue to keep our eyes set on him. Man, we can, we can trust that there will be benefit in this life. You are not sacrificing anything of worth by making Jesus your priority. Mm-hmm. You are not sacrificing anything of worth by, by making Jesus your priority because he is the ultimate worth. Man, Charlie, that's, that's so good and so encouraging to hear from you and I actually wanted to ask you, um, because me and Dan, we have had ups and downs in life. You know, God has used things to teach us things, but to me, objectively, I'd say we haven't quite suffered like you have, you know, you and your wife, Sarah, with her illness, you guys have gone through some really, really hard things in these last few years. And so, um, I'm just curious because I've spoken to some people, particularly some younger people who the current state of affairs going on in the world it's I, someone actually told me this is this is the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. That's how they that's how they phrased it, which really struck me because I'm like, wow, there, there's a lot of people that this is really a huge life altering thing, and they're like deeply unsettled by it. So I'm just curious to hear from you, and I'm trying to phrase this question correctly. Um, you know, pre COVID and pre uh, protesting right now, you and Sarah went through some difficult trials, um, and in that just knowing you and having heard from you, I know that you were doing this process. You guys have been keeping your eyes fixed on the horizon. So maybe you can speak to two things. One, just how God used that in your lives. And then also just maybe a commentary from you of, do you think that that helped prepare you for other things like this, like current state of affairs in the nation? And also like, do you think people need to go through hard things to be able to do this well? You know, like with someone who's never really suffered say, man, I don't think I know how to do that because God hasn't made me go through this hard thing and given me those eyes. So what would you say about that? Well, that's, yeah, it's loaded. So track with what I'm saying here and, and, and just make sure that I am, I'm addressing that. One, let me start with this. And I think this will cover a, a good section of it. And then you can remind me of what else I might need to say. But Gary gave us a challenge at the end of, of uh, service on Sunday. And he said to take time every single day this week and this is a great reminder for all of us. If you haven't started doing this yet, do it. Start doing this. This is huge. It's not too late. But he said, read 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Read Romans 8, 17 through 25. 
and read 1 John 3, 1 through 3, uh, one to two times a day. And in that process, write down five truths about your hope. And the idea is this, what is it that thrills you about seeing Jesus? And then he said, now the next step is to share with uh, with three different people. And I'm grateful for this podcast because in one fell swoop, I get to share with at least three people. Cause I've got Sean and Dan and I'm assuming <laughs> we'll have at least one listener. If so we're I get lucky, to, I get to knock it out now. Um, but this is the thing. And this has been, this has been monumental in my life, especially in the last 10 years and, and the different things that Sarah and I have walked through together. But in first Peter one, starting in verse six, he says, in this hope, he's just, he's just got done explaining this hope that we have. In this, you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And he says, for this purpose, so that you're, you, you, you go through these trials for this purpose, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, which by the way, is more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, but this genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and, and that is what I hang my hat on, is that there will come a day when Sarah and I stand before the Savior and we will see how God was producing things in our lives and the lives of those around us through our suffering. And it will result in a greater sense of praise and honor and glory of Jesus. Now, there was a period in my life where the ultimate good in my perspective was not Jesus's glory. And so this verse didn't mean much to me because I was like, well, what good is that? How, how does that help me now? You know, but as I've grown and as I've matured, as I've beheld Jesus more and more, and, and I'm still moving in this direction, there is nothing greater than to bring praise and honor and glory to my Savior. And so I can look at this suffering and I can trust this section in 1 Peter chapter 1 of saying that God is allowing us to go through these things. But what's being produced is the genuineness of faith that on the day of Christ or the day that, that Sarah and I go to be with Jesus we will get to stand in the presence of, of our Savior and bring him praise and glory and honor because of the suffering that we've endured. And so it informs everything, right? I mean, it, it, and by it, I mean this hope that we have of being in the presence of Jesus, of, of, of worshiping him, of knowing him for eternity, of being made like him, all, all these different things. There, there's nothing greater. And so when I have that perspective, it doesn't matter what the suffering looks like. It doesn't matter the degree or severity. And, and here's the deal. Suffering is so relative that, that I would never elevate what we have walked through as being this great trial above other things that people are going through because God, God doesn't work that way. Oh, here's a greater level of right suffering for you. No, it's, it's, about, it's about what he's producing in that context, in that process. And so, man, whatever you might be going through, whatever the hardship is, keep your eyes focused on that horizon. Keep your eyes focused on the reality of what's to come. And listen, this is what will inform the way that we interact with the politics of our country, with the, the issues in our country. The problem that takes place is when we take our eyes off of the imminent return of Jesus and we start to only focus on the social justice kinds of issues, we lose the most valuable thing that we have. We give up the most valuable thing that we have for other people. The most valuable thing we have is the return of Jesus, is the fact that he's coming back. 
And that's got to inform the way that we go about dealing with whatever it is that we might be dealing with. Yeah. And man, I love, I love how you framed that. And in all of these things, it comes down to do you, do we trust that God is a good father? And is he going to, is he going to know, is he going to, does he know what's best for us? Right. And is he actually committed to do it for us and in us? And so if we think of suffering in those terms, then it really helps us cultivate an attitude, like you said, Charlie, that it's all about Jesus. It's all about the glory of Christ in my life. And yeah, I could totally relate to that. I didn't know, I, I, I didn't always live that way. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm training myself to continue to grow in living that way. And earlier, Charlie, you, you, you referenced Luke 12 and I just love, I love what Jesus says, you know, as he's teaching on, um, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to teach us how we should be living so as to be ready for the kingdom to come. And, uh, in, in Luke 12, uh, verse 35, he says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home. And to me, that, that is the attitude of somebody who is, is all about their master is all about Jesus and, and wanting to live in such a way, not like you said earlier about being shamed into being caught by Jesus doing the wrong thing when he comes back, but just to say, man, my life is pointed in a direction towards the kingdom. It's pointed in a direction. It's centered on Christ. And when he comes back, I want to be ready for action. I want to have my lamp burning. I don't want to be caught, um, you know, like sleeping. I love how this section starts off, starts off with like, wake up, wake up because (laughs) the, the kingdom is coming. And, and whether you, you, you pass away before Jesus returns or maybe we're living in the last days, we don't know, but either way, that idea of just staying dressed for action and keeping my lamp burning, that again, is something I can, I can wrap my head around. And it starts with a heart attitude, a a decision in my, for my life to be pointed a certain direction. And then it leads me to action. And that's the beautiful thing about suffering is that oftentimes God will use that to get our attention. You know what I mean? And it's not, it's not in some punitive kind of way. It's not, it's not an unloving type of thing, but where he will initiate, you know what I mean? Something that, that strips us of uh, what we might be placing our confidence in. He wants us to um, wake up. Exactly. Exactly. And, and says, Hey, and, and again, not again, not in that angry father who's shaking his kid saying, it's time to get out of bed. You know what I mean? Like it's not that kind of thing. It is a gracious and kind and loving type of deal. And that's why you can read throughout scripture in so many places. What is our attitude in suffering? We consider it joy. We, we understand that God is producing um, hope and, 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 making us perfect in every way to be able to do more and more for the glory of Jesus. And that's what it has to be about. It's, it, and man, again, there were times in, in, even in our marriage where it was so easy to look at what we were walking through and try to point the attention to us. Oh, look at, look at everything we're walking through. Look at how, you know, hard this is, but how well we're doing. 
But no, no more. It's about Jesus. It is about, it is always about him. And so even when people say, man, I don't, I could never do what you're doing. Well, neither could I apart from Jesus. Neither could I apart from these realities and these truths. It is only because of his strength and his power and his, his, this perspective that he has produced in me that, that there is any endurance. (laughs) I mean, it really is. I endure because I know what he's promised me. I endure because I know what he has strengthened me to do. I endure because I know how this thing ends and it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Worth it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, So Charlie in, in that answer to Sean's question, he got to share, he got to complete his assignment. And I feel like maybe we should, Sean, we should take the opportunity to, to maybe we don't have time to list five things, but maybe just Sean list one thing and then I'll go just that, from from that passage or any of the other passages we looked at that just um, sparks joy in you uh, for for heaven. You guys like that Mary Kondo reference there, spark joy. <laughs> but yeah, Sean, do you have one? And then then I'll go. Um. Yeah. You know. I mean, you you said it all, Charlie. But um, you know, I've shared this with you, Dan. But just uh, just that sense of of steadfastness, that sense of uh, foundation, you know, amidst everything going on, I feel like it's really easy for us all to be feeling very like unsettled right now. But man, in doing that, uh, especially in that first period of just that reminder of who we are. Um, yeah, I've just felt very grounded in that way and secured in my, uh, not just my identity in Christ, but just reminded and delighted in just the joy that we get to sit in, in that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. What about you, buddy? Oh, I relate to that totally. Well, I'm gonna do two things really quick. So the first one is just the um, just the the from verse four, uh, that first Peter chapter one, just talking about the inheritance that we have, that we we get to step into what we get to step into um, in heaven, the the glory of what our lives will look like there. Uh, is is it just boggles the mind and and it's it just stirs so much excitement and joy, you know, just that um, that there will be an end to to uh, bondage and corruption and that we'll we'll walk in freedom that will be uh, will be we'll have obtained this adoption we'll have bodies that are redeemed, um, you know th- th- those kinds of things and and I, I want to share a couple uh, chronicles of Narnia quotes from the last hey, battle. Yeah. Dan, do you mind before you do that? I just want Please. to say something because it reminded me of something and it's and it's just so um it's so profound what you what you just shared. But but th- it's this idea. If you're having a hard time thinking about what what will thrill you the most about being in the presence of Jesus, if you if that just seems seems off you, I want you to stop and think about what is the greatest area of suffering in your life right now? Hmm. Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it, is it just the brokenness you feel over the state of our country right now? Whatever it might be that you can identify as maybe the, the greatest, maybe broken relationship, whatever it might be, then take that, take that thing, whatever that place of suffering is and read these three passages. I think these will be listed on our show notes as well with that in mind. Because this is the promise, is that whatever it might be, whatever whatever it might be that you are going through, God has comparison. promised to to redeem that, and and not only that, He's going to use what you're walking through to grow your intimacy with the Savior. And so, 
man, it, whatever your suffering might be, focus on that. So take it away with Chronicles. Yeah, no, no, I love it. I'm going to jump in before you do that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. It's the double interruption. I just, I just want to drive that home even more of, man, what is the greatest suffering in your life? And yeah, absolutely. Renew your mind through those three verses. But also, as you're thinking about heaven, man, read Revelation 21 and be reminded that I have this great source of hurt and pain and suffering in my life that is causing me grief and mourning. And then take that and just slap it with that verse four. He will wipe away every tear. Death shall be no more. There'll be no mourning, no crying, no pain. Those former things will have passed away. And if that doesn't give you hope, whew, you need, you need something. Okay, Dan, now take it away with the good old Christian Christian Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Well, and, and, and the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because in, in the final book of, of the series, uh, we, get to, we get to see the Narnia that everybody knew come to an end. And, and this, this, they, they walk into this land that they, they first don't know what to, what, what to think of it. But as they go, you know, further up and further in, they realize this is this is the Narnia that they had dreamed of. This is the this is what Narnia was supposed to be. This this is Aslan's country, and um, these these quotes really speak to to that inheritance that we're going to step into. But also in verse eight of First Peter, um, chapter one, that says, "Though you have not seen him, you love him," but when you see him, so, so even though we don't see Jesus now, we still love him. So imagine what it will be like when we come face to face with him, what will be revealed and how much more will we love him? So listen to these, these quotes uh, and, and just see if you, can, if you can get there in your mind and just see if it helps with this joy and this anticipation. So um, the, first, the first thing is, is a quote from, from Jewel, who is, who is a unicorn, this like, but not a unicorn in the, way, in the things that my daughter draws, but this is like, this is one bad unicorn, like a battle-tested, awesome unicorn. But this is what he says. He says, when he, when he gets into the, into the new Narnia, he says, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I have been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. And then this is one of the last, this, this might even be on the last page. So um, all the characters that have ever been throughout the whole series that have been faithful to Aslan are all reunited and they're standing before him. And, and this is what, this is what it says. It says, and as he spoke, as Aslan spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion, but the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they have all lived, ha- they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at least, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever in which every chapter is better than the one before. I mean, Ooh. is that beautiful? I'm like tearing up yep. reading it. It's beautiful. Okay. Yep. So, man, if we think rightly about heaven and that moment when, we'll be, when our faith becomes sight and we're, in, we're face-to-face with Jesus, it, it, it'll, we'll wake up 
and and we'll see this glory and it'll it'll change the way we live yeah and just if you're not familiar with chronicles of narnia you know aslan is that jesus character and just to tie it in with scripture jesus tells us that we have a place in his father's house he tells us that he's going to go and prepare a place for us he's going to come back and take us to be with him so that we'll be there with him and his father hallelujah to that amen amen and we got to witness a rare daniel gillette tear that was that's amazing. Uh, you should have seen me when I was reading it to my boys. The, oh my goodness! No, I've had I, those moments too. And they're like, "Dad, what's what's the matter with you?" And I'm like, "It's <laughs> so beautiful." Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for your vulnerability, Dan. And really, man, that's the, that's that's the countenance we want to have in picture, envisioning what life is going to be like alongside Jesus in person in the flesh. Uh, okay, we've talked about a lot, given people a lot of nuggets to sit on and renew their minds over. So is there any, and Dan, you just had yours. Charlie, any ending nuggets you want to give before we sign off? No, I just want to do say one more time. If you have not taken Gary's challenge from Sunday service seriously, please start that today uh, and, and read through these three passages and take time just developing this, this mindset. And, and honestly, as when you when you land on on something, what thrills you most about seeing Jesus? If it came from one of these sections of Scripture, then commit to memorizing this. Start every morning reading through these things, so that our eyes would be set on that horizon as we anticipate our eternity with Jesus. Amazing. And I would just say, uh, lastly, as a reminder and as a challenge to you to. Be doing those things, like Charlie said, to be uh, just on a heart level, just reveling in the glory of eternity, like Dan was kind of reading to us. But also remember that we're, we're to be doing something with this. We're called to action. So, man, be bold as you're talking to people this week. You know, this type of unrest in society is just ripe pickings for the glory of Jesus. Wear Jesus with no pockets, no pockets to hide him. And as you're talking to people who are having a rough time with what's going on, man, just point to the the joy and the hope that you have of what's to come. And in that way, be an ambassador for Christ. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to week 13 woo, of Behold. Lucky 13. I hope that it's been encouraging and helped you to behold the face of Christ. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Love y'all. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.